Welcome back to another episode of the Statues Podcast. I'm your host, Denang. And I'm your co-host, Crystal. And for today's episode, we're going to start this one with a clip. And Harrison Ford at 30 was a carpenter. Vera Wayne didn't design her first dress until she was 40. Even Captain Crunch joined the Navy at 50. All I'm saying is that you youngins is running around here trying to be somebody when you don't even know who you are yet. You know what happened to Oprah at 23? She got fired. Imagine firing Oprah. Yeah, well, that was a mistake. No, it wasn't. Because she wasn't Oprah. She was just some 23-year-old punk who needed to get fired so she could become Oprah. Sometimes you gotta fail to succeed. I like this clip. I like mm-hmm. this clip because it speaks a lot of volume, right? It speaks against the norms of what... The norms of society and the norms of uh, the youth right now. Because... Right now, with how the youth is, you know, everyone's so busy trying to be something mm-hmm. instead of trying to discover themselves, like instant success. Yeah, and this is where I find it very troubling right now. Right, is I'm I was like that too when I was a kid, you know, because that that's how we were taught. The environment, the schooling, everything it teaches you to hurry it up. Because by grade 11, you got to know what you want to do because you're you're out of there. And then you go into university college and then you spend how, how many thousand? 80, 100,000 to go to school? That's true. And so you're going to waste 80, 80 to 100,000, what, doing nothing? Mm-hmm. And so this is what society teaches you is that you, you should know what you want to do by the time you're 18. And that's not always the case. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. I feel like for you, you resonate so much with this clip because i'm not saying that you don't know but even but in a sense where you're still trying to figure out what it is that you want to do but also who you are as an individual like where your place is here yeah you know because um i've mentioned this multiple times in the podcast but me being uh 28 turning 29 that weight that weight of I should know what I want to do is on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Not only because I feel it, I feel the pressure from around me, you know, like everyone's at that stage in their life around me where it's like, oh, I'm, 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 this is going to be my job. This is, this is what I'm going to have in my life. This is this, this is that. But for me, I think for so many years, I've taken that time to just get to know myself. And especially within the last year here, I've really taken that deep dive into trying to get to know myself again. Mm-hmm. And getting to know myself also comes with getting to know my likes and my dislikes. Mm-hmm. What I want to do with my life for the rest of my life. What I want to do with my career for the rest of my, my career, you know? These are things that I think about a lot. But... I'm also now more comfortable with who I am. Like, I'm more comfortable with who I am now than I have ever been in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to formulate and try to be someone that, you know, these people like or that person likes or this person likes or who my parents like, I'm now comfortable with being who I am. 
and what I am supposed to be for myself? Mm, I feel like this is a question that a lot of people will have or will have for themselves or other people. But um, how did you get there to the point where you are comfortable with who you are and and where you're at? Because I know that, you know, life is life is a journey that you're always going to figure out. It's never going to stop. But how is it that you are comfortable with yourself right now? I think all of that comes down to being okay with failing every time. Because the person that I am now, come, the person that I am now, if I were to look at every brick that was placed, was placed because of a failure that I had run into. Mm-hmm. So, for example, right, let's, I, I, I can take it all the way back. I'll take it all the way back to, let's say, high school. The person that I was in high school and the person that I tried to to be to be was only around those that I was around. Mm-hmm. So I was around people that really like Star Wars. So I like Star Wars because they like Star Wars. I, I I liked I liked this kind of thing because that person liked it, or I liked this kind of a girl because that's the kind of group that I was around where they like this kind of girl. Mm-hmm. Failing at even those small things where it was like, do I really like that kind of girl? Do I really enjoy this kind of thing? Do I really like that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. It allows for you to also think back and be like, maybe I don't like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't like this kind of girl. Maybe I like these kind of features in a woman. Maybe I like this kind of a personality, personality trait in a woman. Mm-hmm. Because I have failed every time I've gone through something. And I... And being able to admit my failure and look at those failures and be like, okay, so what went wrong? So, like, for myself, right? Where it was like, and and I know some people don't really look at even these small things, right? Is what did I like and what did I dislike about working at McDonald's? Mm -hmm. A lot of my fondest memories are from working at McDonald's. Okay, so why, though? It wasn't because of management. I hated management. So that's why I pursued being my own boss. But there were certain aspects about McDonald's that I loved and enjoyed that I take and I put into the company that I have. So the closeness that I had with the people that I worked. I worked with family. I I literally worked with my family. They were my family. They were my cousins. Mm -hmm. That's true. And then these other people that I worked with, they were friends of my cousins or friends of my brother or my sister, and I became friends with them. So to me, I like that family bond. So I took that and I said to myself, okay, when I create a company, I want a family bond. These are things that I like and I dislike about certain things that I do in my life. Mm -hmm. McDonald's is one of those things where it was like, I like this. I didn't like this. Okay, so let's take this out. Let's put this in. And for me, that's, it, it was a formula that worked great. Mm-hmm. And then I worked in a factory for a while when I was doing a janitorial cleaning. So what did I dislike and what did I hate? I hated the fact that, I hated the fact that there was no flexibility for the employees. Mm-hmm. And so now I give flexibility to the people that work with me. Oh, hey, I need this much time or... Hey, you know, like, I, I really want this. 
Okay, great. Go ahead. Because these are things that I failed at when I started my career. Mm, but these are things that also you learned through your careers and you've applied it to to yourself and to your work. Yeah, right? of course. But and and that's what I mean is I failed at this the first time I had a company where it was like there was no flexibility. If I wanted something, it was that and that that was all I wanted. And at the end of the day, that's exactly why I failed. Was because the mentality that I had when I first started is the mentality that broke it when I started it. Mm -hmm. But now my company and the way it formulates and the way everyone works in this branch, it works now in a more cohesive manner because I've failed so many times that I've taken every reason why it's failed. And I flipped it around and said, okay, I've already tried it this way. Let's try it the other way. Mm -hmm. And trying it the other way, yeah, you know, like, and, and we were going to use another clip. Yeah. And in the clip, it was about like some morals and some ethics, right? It was about how some people will agree with you. Some people won't be how they won't agree with you. Um, how when you're successful, they um, is that the clip that we're talking yeah. about? Yeah. How um, if you're successful, they'll suddenly become your friend again. But when you have nothing, they don't want to be they like, don't associated be, with you. Yeah. And. You know, one of the things that hit me from that other clip was he says, everyone wants success, but they don't want it when they see that you're the last one to eat. Mm -hmm. And that one I could relate with because when I, when I ran my, when I have right now with how my company works is that when I take people on as my artists is everything I pay for out of pocket. Okay, so that means that my source of income is going directly into someone else. That means that I have to work two times harder just so I could provide for myself and then for my artists. So, and the way that works is like, and the way that works is like, I take on extra projects. So I have to do a hundred times more the workload to be able to afford for me and afford for my, my artists. Yeah. Because I always say is that I never, number one, I will never take money from you. But number two, this will help alleviate the financial worry for my artists so that they can concentrate on the artistic values and trying to figure out who and what they are. And this is what I value more in an artist is your artistic integrity and, and how far you can push it. Are you capable of being an actual artist? Mm -hmm. Doing everything by yourself. Understanding certain things about the industry that you're not going to understand if, you know, you have other people doing it for you. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I, I pride myself in is the values and the ethics that I bring to my company because I've failed at it once already. Where because I did everything for my artists, there was no value coming back. Mm -hmm. I would rather have value, respect, and the ethics mm -hmm. than money. Mm -hmm. It's like you'd rather not give empty promises and, and fulfill your end, but without having to say the word promise, because regardless, you'll still do it. Yeah, I'll do it, but are you going to do it too? Are you going to be able to give me the other, you know, 100%? Because if I'm putting 100% in, but no one's running at 100, then it's going to end up nowhere. 
And this is why I, I formulated a whole company around just what family is to me, right? Because my company, when I run it, I run it on 150% all the time. 150% all the time. Yep. Everything that I do, I do it because I love it. But I also want people that are going to love what they do. And so... It has to be just as enjoyable for them as it is for you. So that way, you know, everything works cohesively. Yeah. And this is what, what, you know, like to bring it back to the clip now, right? Is when we talk about what do we want to be in our early teens and 20s, right? You're not going to know. The honest truth is... It might not be as realistic, like, for you in your teens compared to when you are in your adult years because so much can happen during that time i'm talking about from the time you turn 14 to when you turn like 20 you know that's like a huge growth you've gone through high school you've you know what i i can even say right is from the time that you're 14 to 18 is already a huge growth because you you go from being a kid with no responsibilities to now being a teen with responsibilities and having to figure your own shit out now Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally forgot about like 18 as being, you know, that transitional year from if you decide to go to post-secondary, you know, but during that time, a lot changed because you go through something for yourself, you know, you like personally and, you know, mentally and then, you know, socially too, because really you can hang out with your friends that you graduated, you know, from grade eight, but then along the way you start building better habits, you start um, your own thoughts change too because you're maturing so your group of friends are going to change so I feel like regardless what you think you want to do when you start high school to when you graduate high school is going to be two different things but nothing is ever set in stone and I say this personally for me too is is that what I wanted to do in high school what is different from what I want to do now and what I hope to see myself doing later on as well. And, you know, like, when we talk about what we want to do in life, even at 28, 29, me doing what I'm doing, I'm still figuring out every day what more I want to do with my life. I feel like no one is truly ever satisfied with doing the job that they want to do because there are other things that you want to do as well, too. Like, it is... Is that how it is sometimes? Is that how you feel sometimes? Is that you love your job, but you're not like a hundred and like a hundred percent satisfied because maybe there are other things you want to do as well too. See, I don't want to say it like that because I think it leaves it leads to a misconception of like um, a job job hopping, right? Oh, I'm gonna do this, do this, do this, do this, yeah, but do uh, this. Uh, but when we talk about it from a perspective where it becomes something that more financially stable for me it becomes more of a how can this job attribute to the next thing that i want to do so for example um so it's like transferable skills transferable skills yes because let's say you go to school for you go to school for law okay mm-hmm. how is what you learn from law transferable to entertainment Mm -hmm. these are things that people 
question all the time because they have these feelings of, I want to turn my hobby into a career. How do I do this? But, you know, like I went to school for law or I went to school for business. These are real things that people have to worry about. Yeah. And this is, and this is what I mean. Like, when we think about it, you get so sick and tired of doing what you're doing every day. Mm-hmm. How do you get out of it? For me, you know, like, I've made a career out of what I'm doing right here. A podcaster, you know, being a rapper, not you know, and... and but these are all transferable skills. Yeah, I feel like, you know, when they... In, in I feel like in high school, but more so in college because I took business first. They always say, "Oh, like try to gain transferable skills because you never know where your where this job or if you decide to do business is going to take you later on." These are things that you have to learn in not in school but on the job that that will take with that you learn in real life in exactly. general, right? Because everything is a transferable skill. So mm-hmm. let's say going That's how from, you see it though. Yeah, but it, it, it's everyone's mindset on certain things. Mm-hmm. For me, I can see everything as a transferable skill. So being a lawyer to going into the entertainment field, a transferable skill is you're put under pressure when you're a lawyer. So you, you're, you're good under pressure. Mm-hmm. So now dealing with entertainment, you should be even better than the most people that are going into entertainment because we're not good under pressure. Mm-hmm. Or contracts. You yeah. know you know every legal in and out for every contract that you're handed. And exactly. you know that as a lawyer, you shouldn't be trusting certain people and you shouldn't be mm-hmm. trusting this and you're going to mm-hmm. contract this person. You're going to contract that mm-hmm. work. Or loopholes that will help you later on if someone screws you over. But this is, you know, this is what I've learned through my journey of... Number one, you know, my career. Number two, my life. And number three, everything on the inside and the outs of all that. Because, mm-hmm. look, like, if you want to look at, let's say, you know, what I'm doing here. Like, for example, podcasting. The reason why I wanted to podcast was because, number one, I came from media. And I never wanted my media side to die out. Mm-hmm. I've always loved media what is it about media that i love well i love the fact that we can share stories mm-hmm. that's how i am as a person i never used to read but now <laughs> i love reading biographies i love reading books about other people mm-hmm. and and these are things that you grow into i was never good at reading i was never good at like having an attention span yeah but the more I started to learn about myself. I started to realize I hate reading what teachers give me. I, I, I mean, love reading biographies. I mean, no one can blame you really because, you know, what teachers give you sometimes, it, and this is not a bad thing, okay, but you don't truly, like, appreciate or be, like, fully, like, like, in you don't fully like immerse yourself into something unless it's something that'll interest you. Yeah, but I'm also not gonna blame them, right? Cause no, I'm not gonna blame them. It's it's for for me. It just as a kid, I never had the attention span to give two shits, <laughs> and it's just the honest truth of it is, I didn't give two shits about school. I didn't give two shits about my schoolwork, my homework. You know. I, I, I put more effort in lying about my homework and lying about my report card than I did just working hard and bring home a good report card. 
I'm just saying your mom listens to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, but but now look at it, right? Is because of these things that I know that I am, I also know, okay, I'm this kind of a lazy person. So how do I not become this kind of a lazy person? So for me, it was honing in on very specific skill sets that I had that I, I really enjoyed using. But it's also, but you also have found a way to take certain shortcuts, you know, to to make your life and like your work life a little bit easier because. But but and once again, that just comes down to knowing who you are. Yeah, that's true. It's this journey of knowing who you are. If I were to ask, who are you right now at this age? Who are you? One hundred percent, I'll tell you. You'll tell me. You have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> because number one, you don't know what you want to do with your life. You don't know what you want to do with your career. You don't know what you want to do today. And that's just the honest truth of it. Is that's everyone. Mm-hmm. If I were to ask a guy that works nine to five, what do you want to do today? If you didn't have your nine to five, what do you want to do today? He would tell me exactly what he wants. You know why? Because he knows what he is. Because when you work like that, when you do something consistently like that there are certain things that come into you there are certain things in your life that come into play Mm -hmm. like so for example right if i go work a nine to five and then like i did uh for example janitorial when i work janitorial nine to five Mm -hmm. you know what when i work janitorial i was working nights so i would work 11 to 6 in the morning Mm -hmm. you do that consistently and I did that consistently, and it got to a point where it was like, if someone were to ask me, what do you want to do? Take away your, your job. What do you want to do? At that time, I could tell you exactly what I wanted to do. Because I remember, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to have what I have right now and work hard at what I have right now. I wanted to be more of a figure in our communities to help our communities to grow our communities so that there weren't more people like me in the world where my lazy ass was not contributing my lazy ass didn't care about people my lazy ass could walk walk across a homeless man and I wouldn't give two shits mm-hmm. but you've always been you've also have always been the type and you've told me too is that if you don't know what to do if you don't know what you want to do or have like like an idea go work yeah. Go work at McDonald's. Go work at like a chat time. Go work at any other place, okay? Because then you're going to have to deal with life and customers. You know, you're going to deal with the shitty end of that kind of work. Yeah. And then there, you'll be motivated to work 10 times harder so that you can improve your life. And that And it will teach you certain things, right? So, for example, working at McDonald's, it taught me that I was really good with customers. I was really good with interacting with customers. It taught me that I had a social skill set that I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. And then becoming a manager, it taught me that, oh, shit, like, I'm not bad at this. Like, you, you know it. When you ask my sisters, when you, would, when you would joke around, I says, oh, he was probably a horrible manager. What did they always say? Oh, no, he was actually really good. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because I looked at the people that I worked with, not as employees, but my friends. And so when I did that, I treated everyone accordingly. Yes, there's times where you got to be the hard ass. But right after being a hard ass, you know, there, there are times where you got to go in and comfort them to make sure that everyone's okay. Mm-hmm. You got to know how to set a mood when people come to work. You can't come in angry. And, you know, I learned that. I learned that from watching people around me that would come to work angry. 
Mm-hmm. If the manager was angry, everyone was on everyone was on high alert. Yep, walking on eggshells the entire time. Yeah, and but that's how this you- is. This is something that I grew accustomed to. Was I grew because life taught me how to grow. Do you feel like because of all these like events in your life, all these things that you've done, it broke you down, but also rebuilt you to the person you are now and do you also think that you being broken down and being built back up will never stop and that it'll always happen you are always gonna life is there to break you down to make you as small as possible that's what life is i'm talking about life when you go to school Mm -hmm. life when you go to work life when you have kids life when you have a when you get a spouse it's supposed to break you down. It's supposed to make you feel like you you ain't shit. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to make you feel like you're lost every day of your life. Having kids is a whole different thing. People are not, you're not accustomed to have kids. You've lived how many years of your life as a single person. And then you're, then you've got a girlfriend, boyfriend, and then you're engaged and then you're married. Throughout that time to that time, you've never had a kid. So what's going to, what makes you think you're accustomed to having one mm-hmm. when you first get one? Number one thing, you're going to be broken down because you've never been a parent. Mm -hmm. You grow, you learn. These are things that you learn. Number one, about yourself. Number two, about your child. Number three, how to react accordingly to your child. And then number four, to you and your spouse and how you two react to a child. Mm -hmm. These are things that break you down. But this is life. Life is supposed to break you down. Yeah. Every time you do something, it's going to break you down. You know, for example... When, when I, when I went to go and try to find a real job, when I went to go and try to find another job when I was in Mississauga and I worked at a factory job for a bit, it broke me down to a point where I sat there and I was like, no, fuck this. Mm -hmm. But that's life is you need to be broken down. If you're not, how, how will you understand anything for me to, tell people like for example right for me to tell you everything that i've gone through in my life have you gone through it would you know what that feels like you don't Mm -mm. you wouldn't know what it feels like to lose everything in your life you wouldn't know what it feels like to go hungry you wouldn't know what it feels like to go homeless you wouldn't know what it feels like to be so broken down that anything and everything that moves makes you so anxious you don't know what that feels like until you yourself have gone through it in your own life that's true. Because that's what life is. It breaks you down every time you get up. It's it's like a man that sits there with an axe. How many times are you going to get axed before you get up and you, you start defending yourself? Because now you know he's there. You know it's coming. Mm-hmm. So every time you get up, you flinch because he's there. Because that's what life is. Life is there when you think you're there. And then when you think you're there, life comes and it axes you. And it's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I, re- I really ain't got shit. Then you learn. The reason why I have what I have is because I've been axed so many times in my life. That I've grown accustomed to flinching throughout my life. And then I got accustomed to what do I do so that no matter what. This shit can't happen. Mm-hmm. And you know what? 
the honest truth is it will happen but you just gotta grow some and then get ready for it get ready build your life don't be afraid of getting axed Mm -hmm. be afraid of never trying for me i was more afraid of being a disappointment because i was going to always work at mcdonald's than being a disappointment because my company failed So you were more worried about disappointing yourself at staying at McDonald's for the rest of your life? Yeah. What kind of disappointment would you have? I would have rather had the disappointment of me failing my company than rather have the disappointment of me knowing I'd be at McDonald's right now if I never tried. Okay, that's true. It's just the honest truth of it, right? It's like how many people have said, oh, I wish I went to school. You know, they're high school dropouts and they go, oh, man, I wish I had just finished. I wish I had just done this. I wish I had just done that. Mm -hmm. You wish because you had never done it. But you also wish because you don't know what is past those horizons. You've never tried. You know, some people, whenever I talk to people and I talk to people about, you know, oh, they want to be a musician. They want to be a rap artist. They want to do this. They want to do that. The first question I ask them is, you know, the first thing I always say to them is, how many artists exist within your city already? Are you any better than them? And the reason why I ask that is because if you say, oh, you got a point, then, okay, go and reevaluate your your, your career. Go reevaluate what you want to do. Because you know when I ask myself that question, I always say, yo, I'm good at what I do. I know I'm good at what I do. Lyricism, I learned how to record, I learned how to do this shit by myself. But that's because you learned, it's like you said, you learned by yourself and you had to depend on yourself. That's why you know you're good at it. But that's what people don't understand is the relying on yourself part. They always rely on other people. You know, like, it's like uh, the clip says, Oprah was fired at 23. She was not Oprah at 23. She was only Oprah after she got fired. You know why? Because we got to fail sometimes. You got you to gotta fucking fail. Harrison Ford was a carpenter until 30 before he was an actor. Mm-hmm. And this is what I mean. It's like even at 30, we are not. We are not who we are yet. You are never going to be who you are. But if you do not accept the journey that comes with it and understand the values of your journey, learn the morals and the ethics of your journey, then are you really ever going to be the person that you want to be? Or are you just shadowing someone that you want to be? You could say, oh, I want to be the next Gordon Ramsay." You're always going to be known as the next Gordon Ramsay, but there's already a Gordon Ramsay. Mm-hmm. The best one out there. The only Gordon Ramsay out there. You are never going to be who you are. You know, I've always said to myself is I've always wanted to create a company like YG. I've always wanted to create a company like that. Mm-hmm. But YG from the 90s where it was family-based, where music and family was what mattered. Mm-hmm. It's so different from the YG that is 
currently present right now is completely different from how you saw things when you grow, grew up. Yeah. And it has nothing to... Well, it's about perspective, but it, it really is right in front of your eyes is, is that once there's fame and there's success, things start once to change. Once there's money and structure. Mm-hmm. Money and structure is what builds everything to be a certain way. Because mm-hmm. right now, you know, like my company, there is no structure. The structure that I have is mainly just for me and to make sure that, okay, you know, things are running this way. Things are running the way I, as smoothly as possible. But the whole ordeal of this company is eventually it will have structure and it will have more than what it is. And that's when people are going to look at my company and be like, oh, he's changed because he's got money and now he's got structure. 100% I'm going to change. But I'm going to still keep my morals and my ethics. I'm going to still keep the value of what I want my company to be. Because at the end of the day, you know what? The the values that I've learned throughout my journey have taught me to be this way. I've learned what family doesn't look like. I've learned what family does look like. I've learned what being backstabbed looks like. I have also learned what backstabbing people look like. Yeah. So I am the good. I am the bad. I'm not a good person. I'm not a bad person. You're just you and you're learning. Yeah. And we as humans are going to fuck up. We're going to fuck up. CEOs are going to fuck up. Employees are going to fuck up. But, you know, it's always like you, you've you said to me and many people have said to me, why do you always pick artists that don't aren't good? Well, no, I feel like when you say when you say that, I, say, I, f- I feel like what I mean is like, well, why aren't they good? But I understand why, because you can help them build like you can help build them to become better. You know that you know, I understand. Like I say it this way too, right? Is I don't mean why aren't they good as in oh they got no musical talent. Okay, I get it. I get what you mean. But the reason why I pick people that are mediocre, the reason why I pick people that are nobodies, the reason why I pick people that have nothing, no following, no nothing mm-hmm. is because I had nothing too. Mm-hmm. So I understand what it's like Someone had to take a chance on me. And someone took a chance on me. Someone had faith in me. That's why I am here. That is why I am so grateful for those people. I'm, I'm grateful for BNS. I'm grateful for my, my old Korean bosses. I'm grateful for my friends. Because when I had nothing, they were still people that saw me as someone. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hope to do for my company is look at people when people can't even look at themselves and say, I am someone. Because I know someone is something. You can, uh, someone can be anything. If you want to own a charity, then go ahead. Okay, let's work on it. If you want to be a model, great, let's work on it. If you want to be a musical artist, great, let's work on it. But the purpose of my role is only to show you that it's possible. My role is only to show you that it's possible. Your role after that and the role of everyone else that comes into this is to prove to yourself that you can make it possible. Mm-hmm. Because that that's what it was like for me. Is Someone showed me the possibilities. But they weren't going to give it to me. They just showed me the possibilities. Mm-hmm. It's just like uh, Oprah. Someone showed her the possibilities. 
if she hadn't pushed when she had been Oprah. Steve Harvey, someone showed him the possibilities. It's people like them that have to talk to themselves and say, I can do this. I will do this. I have to do this. When it's a, I have to, you will. It becomes a solidified thing that, you know, like for example, I have to make this concert. That's why this concert exists because I said I had to. If I left it to other people, would they have done it? Would you have done it? No, you wouldn't have. I know none of you guys wouldn't have because y'all don't know how to start. Mm-hmm. But do you think I know how to start? I started with a simple joking message. Hey, can you guys give my cousin a shout out? It wasn't even, hey, can you perform my concert? It was, can you give her a shout out? And then it came, wait, if it's this easy to talk to people, maybe the possibility of something more that happens can happen. I know. Now we're like less than three weeks away. Exactly. (laughs) But everything becomes a possibility. And that's what I have to prove every day to myself and to people. The reason why I wanted to do this was to prove to my cousins and to prove to people, regular people, that everyday shit is possible. But can you make it possible? Will you make it possible? I can only walk you 50%. Mm -hmm. At the the end of the day, you got to be able to walk the rest. And if you can walk the rest and you can do it, then damn, like at the end of the day, everything that you have and everything that you built is yours. No one can take that away from you. You know? It's, it's like how people say it, right? It's, they're envious of what you have, but they're not envious that... They're not envious of how you got there. Mm-hmm. Because when people see what I have, you know, I'm able to afford the things that I can afford. I'm able to be able to do what I can do every day. But they also don't see the work that goes behind me doing everything that I do. The stress that goes behind it. How much my body takes. How much mentally I take. How much sleep I don't have. Everybody just sees... It's like I've said before too. They just see the end result. They see what they want to see. And they see what you want people to see. They they never see what happens behind closed doors. How many times... And I'm not just gassing you up, okay? Like, I I straight up have... Me, personally, I've seen my parents work hard, okay? But outside of my parents, I've never seen anyone else work as hard as I've seen you. And you work really hard, and you don't ever sleep. Even in your sleep, you are still thinking about how you are going to get shit done. How are you going to make sure that you are able to get, you know, that paycheck at the end of the week to make sure there's enough money to pay bills? Like... I see you work and you never stop working ever because you know, like if I were to say, okay, I want a break today. I'll get comfortable with taking a break every day. I'll get comfortable. I'll get extremely comfortable and I hate being comfortable. And you know that I hate comfortability. I want to be so uncomfortable that I get so antsy that I got to do something. Even when I take a break, I take a break for like two seconds and I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm so bored. Yeah. And then I got to do something. But this is me. This is what I got to do. But no one wants to see how hard you work either. It's not that they refuse to acknowledge it. It's just they would rather pretend that it was just easier that you just, you know, snap your fingers, you know, just sit around, do nothing. And 
and you get money but there's a lot of work that goes behind it but no one is willing to see that because it's a lot of work and it's a lot of emotional mental and physical strain the physical comes because of the emotional and mental everything is like is like a domino effect but no one wants to see that because it's too hard and i'm not saying they're lazy okay by far from it okay they work hard too but they just don't want to see how much extra work they have to do to to be able to have like this sort of life I don't want to call it a lifestyle, but this kind of life where you can work at home. And if you want to take the day off, you can take the day off. If you don't want to work that week, you don't have to work. So they just, it's like I'm saying, they don't want to see that part. Like, here, let me let me break down to you guys how my mentality works. Is how many people, like, for example, if I were to work, if I'm doing what I'm doing right now, how many people are do, also doing what I'm doing? So let's say four of the people are doing exactly what I'm doing and they're putting eight hours in. Okay. So I got to put nine hours in. You know why I got to put nine hours? Because when they stop, I'm going to take the one hour to learn everything that they're going to learn tomorrow. I'm going to get myself one hour head start. So that when we start again tomorrow, I got a head start. I got a one hour head start. And then, oh, now they understand. Okay. So they're going to push 10 hours. Okay, I'm going to push 12 hours. You know why? Because by the next day, I got three more hours on top of them in total. That's my life. Every day, I got to be better than the next guy that comes and wants to fight with me, wants to take the job that I have. Mm-hmm. Because we got to be smart. You know, Like, this is not sponsored. I use Fiverr a lot because I don't know shit. But to outsource to other people, for like what six bucks ten bucks will save me time and i would rather outsource to people and while they while i outsource to them i'm also going to try and learn it so like for example uh the uh concert um uh, poster that we had mm-hmm. i outsourced to two people and they made me two uh they made me two posters but at the end of the day i still use the one that i made because I saw what they were doing and I was like, mm, I don't like it. Or mm, I don't like this design. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know what I want. Okay, so let me try it. And I tried it and it looked hella bomb. <laughs> it looked hella good. But that's what I mean is like, you got to outsource to people to see what their mentality is like. You know why? Because they don't see this concert the way I see it. I see this concert as this shit has got to work. They see it as, oh, this guy's paying me to do it. Okay, let's just do it like this. Let's just do it like this. Do it this way. Do it that way. No, no, no. See, I had a vision. And that vision wasn't achieved by other people. Mm -hmm. So, who else is going to do it better than me? It's true. So, just because I don't know how to use certain things doesn't mean I'm not going to learn. And I learned it, what, within 10 minutes? Mm Mm-hmm. I sat there, I had YouTube up on one section, I had Google up on one section, and then I was working on the poster on the bottom section going, okay, this is how they did this, okay, let me try that. Okay, let me do this, let me do that. Okay, great. Now take a look at it. Boom. Poster. This is what I mean is like, are, is your mentality as strong as the next guy that is next to you? How many people that, 
if I were to say, right, and I'm not putting people down, is what I'm saying is, for example, uh, let's say a baker. If you're baking a cake, there's someone else baking a cake. Yep. So what makes you any different? Nothing. So why should I give a shit about you if, if that person's got 3,000 followers and you got 76? There's a reason why that person probably got a lot more. So why wouldn't I try that person over you? Mm-hmm. That's the reality of it. But you know what? I would rather try it. I would rather try it. I would rather try the cake of the 76 if the 76 follower person was this person, you know, the other person, they work, um, let's say, a nine to five. But you're pushing a a nine to nine every day and because you're you're trying to master one cake you're trying to trying to do everything from marketing to this and that and then i see it i look on your page or i look on google and and it says oh this person you know what yeah like she she came to an event and she gave us free cakes it was great this and that and then i go look on this page oh this this person prices are high it's good cakes yeah, okay, uh, I'm probably going to pick this one over here because it was free, but they, they didn't have to give you a good review. This person is also paying. They're they just giving you the honest review because at that point they're paying. Mm-hmm. It's free over here. This person's really trying. This person's going out of the way to do free cakes for that company and to do this and that. It's the same thing with how I started my career was I ran, I ran up to random people. Doing free work for free work for three years three years uh, two to three years i i did the super wave korea 2012 super wave korea 2013 i also did um a nongshin ramen contest uh, a k-pop contest i did in 2013 i also did um huge events for artists and i was the backstage I did the Korean Harvest Festival. I did the Korean Harvest Festival the year after that, too. Mm-hmm. Everything was free. You know why? Because I got to put my shit out there. I got I to gotta make sure that I leave an impression. Yeah, it's free. doesn't mean I'm going to give you less work. If anything, yo, let me, l- l- let me package it nicely. You know, when I worked for uh, the Superwave Korea, I worked for a guy named Robert Choi and um, Dave Soul. I remember these guys are the nicest people, but they were not expecting me to film the whole thing. And I, and I, and at those events, J Rise came, uh, Korean FX came, and these guys are like OG YouTubers. Uh, Korean FX was on um, Canadian uh, Canada's Got Talent at that time. He won it, and he came to the show, and I, I bought a brand new lens, a long shooting lens. And I did all this, but it was how I packaged it to them. I burned everything onto a DVD. I made a DVD cover. And then I made a list of each time frame each performance played on. And I labeled everything. And I sat there for a good, like, I took the day off work at McDonald's just to sit there and label everything. And then I drove from Kitchener all the way to Toronto to Robert Choi's office, handed it to him, 
in an envelope. And I said, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that you had given me. It was then that he goes, oh, shit. Yo, this guy's really trying. He calls me that night. Hey, I got another event. I'll pay you. I really love what you're doing. And I really love that, you know, you're putting like 110% into it. I'll pay you. You want to come eat dinner with me and we'll talk about it. That's how my relationship with Robert Choi started. One of the best Korean Toronto lawyers in Toronto. That's how I had a relationship with him. Because I tried so hard. I tried my ass off when shit was free. Mm-hmm. You got to go through the journey of this shit to really figure out who you are. Because it was when I was doing that shit that I realized how hardworking I was. All my high school life, yo, people were telling me, yo, you're going to fail. You're going to fuck up. Even in college, though, everybody thought you weren't going to. They thought you were going to be that one person that wouldn't make it anywhere. And you come back and you own a company. Okay, like you're not. People thought you were going to be on the streets. (laughs) A hundred percent. Like straight up. Like I'm not even just trying to be rude. They honestly thought that you're going to be on the streets and you're not. But at the end of the day, you know, like that's what I mean is how much integrity do you have to be better than the rest? Mm -hmm. That's true. Like, let's say, for example, right. And this is a question that I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pose up to everyone. And I'll say it too is anyone listening that says they're they're really working hard. Tell me what you're working hard at. And I will learn how to do it. I will learn how to do it and I'll do it better than you. And I will do it better than you. And when I do it better than you, you can drop what you're doing and go work your nine to five and be comfortable there because I did it better than you. There's no reason for you to try no more. That's how I've always looked at my career is someone's going to come and do it better than me. So if I don't try harder than them, yo, someone's going to have my job and I ain't going to have shit. That's why... You know, like, people are always like, oh, it's about the camera. It's about the computer. I'm still using my old Sony A6000 from 2014. I'm still using an old A6000 from 2014. It's not about the camera. It's about the user, your vision, the way you see things. You see the photos that I produce with that shit. Mm -hmm. The camera is not even that good. No, it's it's old now that the programs that we use will not register the quality that it should be in. We have to zoom into the picture so that it will show us the quality of it. But if you just look at it as a whole, just, you know, it's it's not good anymore because that's just how old it is. But you make do with what you have. And that's what life is about. Make do with what you got. Mm-hmm. Anyone that says, I want to be a YouTuber. And I'll say this is what's stopping you? Do you have a phone? Because your phone probably can do 90% of whatever it is that you want to do for YouTube. That's it. You want to be a streamer, then stream, bro. Use your phone. Mm-hmm. Play games, use your phone. Everyone can find a way to do it. That's how it is nowadays. This mentality of if you don't work harder than the next person that does next to you, you ain't going to have shit. Mm-hmm. That's just the honest truth. 
every day someone younger and better is coming. People know more. People are better. And you know what? And like, I, I could say this because the people that listen are loyal listeners. I see the numbers every week. It's the same numbers every week. For me, the reason why I have the success that I have, and I say success with quotation marks around success, is because I'm smart enough to say, oh shit, I'm getting older and I don't understand half the shit that I do. So number one, let me outsource to the people that do know it and I'll pay them cheap. Or, for example, number two, yo, let me just hire them. Let me just hire the people that are good at this shit because I'm not good at it. But you know what? I can offer them something. Mm-hmm. That's the secret. That's the secret to success is can you play this game as smart as the next person as well? That's what business is about. You want to be a rap artist? Great. Be a rap artist. But you spending all your money in a studio but not learning how to mix, master, record, not knowing how to market, not knowing how to you know, do this shit. All it's going to come off as is a cocky bitch that is trying to be a rap artist. And at the end of the day, you know what? Like, how many other people are like you? Oh, I'm I'm from Toronto. You know, that I'm the next. I'm the next Drake. I'm the next this. I'm the next that. Oh, I'm going to be up on this. I'm going to be up on this record next year. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Motherfucker, I've heard this shit a hundred thousand times. An Asian kid like me got a fucking record deal before you did. So shut the fuck up. I got a record deal before you did. But do you know why? Because I pushed so hard to learn everything that I learned. Everything is a learning skill. Mm -hmm. Do you know the skills? Marketing. uh, You know, the creative process, the writing process, the music video process, all this. Do you know it? Do you know how much it takes to do this? If you don't, then, you know, go sit down, go learn. Don't be so cocky. You know, when it comes to rap, I'm not cocky because I know there are a hundred times better artists out there. But what I'm good at and what I am cocky at is at least getting my foot through the door and helping people. That's it. You know, like at the end of the day, you live by the journey that you decide to take. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to learn from the journey that you, you're on, then what what will you learn from? I want to bring it back to this clip, right? To put pressure on yourself to know what you want to be is stupid as fuck. You're still young at 18. You're still young at 25. You're still young at 30. You're not going to know. But to not be on a journey and learn from each part of that journey is also why even at 25, 30, 40, you're not going to know anything more than what you know now. For me, the reason why I know what I know is because I took a journey through my my career. I also took a journey through my life. I learned what loving a child was like. I learned what being a father figure was like. I learned what being a brother was like. I learned what, you know, being an uncle is like. These are things in life that we got to learn and and use in our life. The person that I am now is the, I'm not going to say the person that I am now is the happiest, 
But the person that I am now is the most comfortable that I've ever been in a very long time. Because I'm comfortable with knowing that I am who I am, not who someone says I am anymore. You know, everyone is so worried about being who everyone wants them to be. This guy that goes out drinking, this girl that goes out drinking, this part, the person that parties, this person that interacts with people, this socialite. Yo, fuck that. At the end of the day, if that's who you are, great. But if that's not who you are, then why waste your fucking time? Use that time to figure out who the fuck you are. Do shit that's actually more beneficial for your life. And I'm saying this because I could say a billion times, and I'm talking about a billion times, that you're not going to feel the pressure when you turn 28, 29, and 30. But let me tell you, you're going to feel it. I could tell you a hundred times, a billion times, you're still going to feel it. And let me tell you, even I feel it. This pressure of, do you know what you're going to be? Do you know what you're going to do? Are you going to live a stable life? Can you afford a house? Can you afford food? That's the honest truth of that, of that question and that, you know, this whole statement. Can you afford to live doing what you're doing? That is why so many people have to give up on their dreams to go work a regular job, a stable job. It's also why we have so much depressed people. Because they're not thinking about other aspects to what they're doing. There's always going to be a business aspect to the creative aspect. If you can figure out the business aspect to your creative aspect, you'll be fine because then you can turn anything into a business. And I'm talking about anything into a business. You just got to be willing to broaden your horizon. At the end of the day, all I want to say to the people that are listening and to the many people that have been following this podcast for so long is that today's clip, it, it means a lot because I've already gone through, I've gone through moments where I have to reassure myself that it's okay. Yeah, I've heard this clip before and I've heard variations of this clip before. There was one where Steve Harvey, he talks a lot about uh, how um, in his late 20s, that's, how, that's when he first got started. And, you know, like, for example, like, I have major issues with um, weight control and, and um, my, like, uh, my body because of how stressed I am. When I get stressed, I eat a lot. And when I eat a lot, it helps me... Uh, calm down but I also feel bloated and I also feel like this and so for a long time I've suffered with this whole thing of how do I stop but then listening to David So talk about how he lost weight in his 30s and how he really started pushing for it gave me the courage and the understanding that oh man like no matter how late we can always change our life and it's never too late and, you know, sometimes you just need that reassurance in life. And I hope that this episode is that reassurance for some people. That whatever it is that you're going through, it becomes a reassurance that everything will be okay. 
that it's never too late. That even at 30, it's okay. Because at 30, you still got a long way to go. You know, nothing has to be the way society makes it. You don't need to walk out of high school knowing exactly what you want to do and then go into university thinking that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. I think that's one of the dumbest things about the school system. I think that's one of the dumbest things about school. I do not believe in that system. I believe that that system is extremely flawed. And I think that that system is why people are so clinically depressed. Mm -hmm. I believe that depression is because society's norms are not normal. People normalize what they see. But I don't think it's normal. Most of my career has been me trying out 90 different things at one time. And figuring out amongst those 90 things which one works best for me. And then almost putting those Lego pieces onto me. Every time I figure something out about myself. We as humans are just blocks of Legos that you got to pick up and put on and see if it fits. If it works. And at the end of the day. Does it work for you and does it not work for you? Because something's going to work for other people and some things aren't going to work for you. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, going to college, honestly, I don't think I had to. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, when it comes to media, don't go to college. But let me tell you, the only thing that college really did for me was inspire me to do shit differently. And that's what I'm so proud about going to college for, was I realized how fucking one-sided school is. You know, oh, you know, one of my college professors owns a YouTube channel. And I still watch his YouTube videos to this day. Um, Matt Panzer, he owns a YouTube channel called Raz's Kitchen. And he goes to Jamaica and he, he, um, it's this uh, Jamaican local guy, Raz. And he just cooks. And that's what my, my, my old professor does. Is he learns about the Jamaican culture. He follows this guy around. You fucking see chickens running around in their houses outside. And sometimes I look at him I'm like, damn. He was one of the inspirations for why I wanted to do what I did. Because when I saw what other professors were, oh, I used to work for Disney, I used to work for this, I used to work for that, I used to do this, I used to do that. Everything was so corporate, and I fucking hated that shit. I hated this whole corporacy of, hey, you know, like you're going to sit behind a desk, you're going to press a couple buttons for a couple hours, and then you're going to go home. But not not my teacher there, not Matt Panzer. Matt Panzer was one of those teachers where it was like, He was the one that had the class where we could do whatever we wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I would produce music videos. And, you know, it was it was dope. It was one of those teachers that I was super grateful for. And sometimes I think that's what people need is school is not there to reinforce society's norms. School is there to break you out of society's norms, to see it for yourself. To see what you dislike and like about society. That's what school is for. School is there to teach you about 
the capabilities that you have and do not have and what you can and cannot do and you do and will do. Okay, At the end of the day, are you going to do it? Are you able to do it? That's what school is there for. That's what I loved about college. If I look at college and I look at school as a system and say, oh, my kids need to go and they got to learn. They're not going to learn shit. I will 100% say that. If my kids are 100% anything like me, my kids are going to have fucking ADHD to the fucking max. They ain't going to sit still. They ain't going to give a shit about the teacher. They're going to cuss the teacher out 100%. I know that. But what I will teach my kids is that school is a box. Can you think outside that box while you're still inside the box? That's up to them now. Can you think outside the box? The school has always been a box. That's why everyone's stuck in it. But that's why at the end of the day, how many people inside that box are also fighting for a job that everyone is fighting for that's within the box? It takes very special people to climb out of the box and find a job that's outside of that box and be comfortable with being outside that box all the time. That's why, you know, like I look up to my friend uh, Valerie. She went to school for um, science and then boom, outside of the box all of a sudden. Now she's a toy designer. That is one hell of a story. And I think people need to hear it. I think people need to see it for themselves that sometimes the box that you're in, it gets very claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. But if you can fight and get yourself out, there's a whole new world outside. Well, I wanted to say once again, just thank you to all the listeners. I I really do appreciate you guys tuning in every episode. You know, doing this twice a week, yeah, it gets tiring, but having these conversations is really nice. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of a, well, what's out of my head into something, then I don't have to think about it again. And I know for you, it's just a way of learning about certain things. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy the conversations that we have, and wherever the conversation takes us i enjoy kind of like getting into your head and learning more about what's going on because it's it's quite interesting because we could have this conversation three times but your thought process will change three times mm-hmm. you know like on how um the conversation goes and so i i personally just enjoy talking about it but also listening about it more mm-hmm. I think I think it's interesting too right because I'm growing every day mm-hmm. but so is my mentality and so every episode that I do it's almost like oh there's a new side of me that I didn't know I had mm-hmm. or oh you know this I've never thought of things like this way before so it's, it's, it's nice I, I, I think it's very beneficial for the both of us. And I hope that there's some beneficial factors for the listeners as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, I wanted to say once again, just thank you. Um, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at the Statues Podcast. 
and um, all the links will be down below uh, the Facebook group, Instagram, and also our virtual concert link. So go ahead, follow us. Uh, virtual concert is going to be August 14th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, yeah, this is your host and co-host signing off. Bye-bye.